Hey, Justin and Sarah here. It's Mayday time. Hey guys, uh, Tiana is not here because Wednesdays still don't like us very much. I know. I you know, and I kind of had to make sure I was here too. I didn't right. want to leave you hanging. So you're all by my lonesome, just talking I to the microphone. Couldn't do it. Couldn't so, do it. Uh, we're here now, and um, we're going to talk about this episode. Uh, so overall thoughts, real quick, because uh, what is this? This is episode nine. Yeah, of 13. Of 13. Um, you may find some of my commentary today shifting more towards wanting less of June and her story and more of some of the other characters and their backstories and, and some of the other elements that we haven't seen a lot of. So when when we talk about overall views, you know, I wrote here weird episode centered around June because that was kind of the last thing I thought about when I was done watching this episode. Right. Not that it wasn't beautifully acted. We all it can, always is. Yeah, we can always talk about how Elizabeth Moss is a great actress. Um, but I just... I. And, and I saw the purpose of the episode and it was fine for what it was, but... Well, that's good. You can explain it to me. Well, I mean, I think I saw the purpose. Now I'm starting to say, no, guess so I saw... No, no, no. I'm... All, <laughs> I'm I am all for you explaining what the, the overall purpose. Not not what the literal purpose of the episode within the episode was. I get what they were doing. I just don't know why we're doing it now and what really long term was achieved. Right. That part I don't really understand. But again, yeah. it's beautiful. It's well acted. It is you know, it looks as good as it always has. It's really? just the story is just like treading and I Again, I don't feel like we picked up enough information or plot or other things that we would want to know. It was a, a very different episode in that you had no flashbacks, you had nothing else besides the hospital, which they isn't like their MO. So it was very it was a little different for what they've had done lately. I guess by weird I just meant yeah, like it kinda had that vibe the entire time of the right. hospital room which yep. they've had a they've had one or two other episodes like this I think where there haven't been the typical flashback and, mm -hmm. and things like that but uh, yeah I just I guess I'm sort of at a point even before this episode I read a New York Times article that my mom's friend sent to me and um, and it talked a lot about some of the other directions that the show could be taking but they can't seem to break up with Elizabeth Moss right. and Serena and that little or big um, kind of roller coaster that those two have and Fred and all of that, which I understand has has done a lot for them as a show. I mean, you don't you know, if it ain't broke, but at the same time, I feel like there's more there and more like really rich sub side stuff that they could do entire episodes or, or chunks or like a series of episodes mm -hmm. on. But they can't seem to break up with Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, there's some weird, there's some interesting like creative choices this season that are like, like the Elizabeth Moss staring into the camera. Yes. Every episode. Yes. At some point, it seems to border on like becoming a character of itself, and like you know, people are like mocking it openly. <laughs> I was gonna say it's gonna get become a meme exactly. here soon. And it seems like it did like three episodes ago, where mm -hmm. people were like, okay, like really when they did the. Uh, recording the first time when they shuffled her into the TV studio at the end of that episode and then they ended that was like the third or fourth episode where they ended with a close up of her face and you were like okay I get it but I, she, I don't know she's a great actress and she does great face 
acting. She does do great face acting. And she... we talked a lot about that in seasons yeah. one and two. Yeah. But I feel like at this point, maybe we could do some other stuff, like the, uh, um, the, yeah. the fields, the uh, chemical fields and the, there's just a lot of different things they could do if they let go a little bit yeah. of their star. And I don't, I don't know why. The, I think the most frustrating part is that they seem to have alluded in the beginning of the season to doing a little bit of that, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. we got more Canada. We were getting a little more Fred and Serena's, you know, relationship on its own. Um, we got a little bit of Lydia. We did get a little bit of Lydia, and but now it's like you know, we, even the stuff when June started at the Lawrence house. Um, and was all of a sudden like working with the Marthas to do the underground stuff and uh, even Lawrence's wife to a certain extent that whole all those side plots were pretty cool and then it's just like now we're right back to June's face yeah Yeah. and even like I don't know it just seems like they keep starting things and putting them out there and then they go like yeah we'll get back to that later but again they can't seem to break up with yeah uh June which I mean yeah so that was that was my overall thought when the the episode ended. I was like, okay, yeah. I don't need another episode after this where we're looking at Elizabeth Moss's right. facial expressions. Right. I, I agree for entire fifty minutes. So let's just dive right into this. Um, yeah. Before we get started, and I, I, you know, a lot of things have happened since this occurred, so I don't expect you to remember it. However, uh, festibration, guilty. Pleasure songs. <laughs> Yours was Belinda Carlisle? Absolutely. Was it? It is my number one, without a doubt, fist pumping, guilty pleasure song of all time. I could not have been more excited and more taken aback at this episode starting with <laughs> cold starting with Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. It was the best way anything could have started ever i was so happy you have no idea i gasped like audibly i was like oh my god did you yeah i forgot that was your song totally it's totally my song what was yours do you remember oh my gosh you don't even remember okay everybody took these like super safe choices Mm -hmm. like belinda carlisle i mean it's a great song it's it's not a great song then i not knowing that everyone was gonna go the safe route Busted out some Michael Bolton. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And everyone was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I practically got kicked out. That is amazing. What song was it? Um, I think it How was... How can we be lovers if we can't be friends? No, no. not the Saved by the Bell one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when Zach and Kelly broke Zach up. Zach and Kelly break up at prom. Uh, I think it was Steel Bars. Steel Bars? Yes. That's amazing. It's such a good one. Oh, that's hilarious. All of my Facebook people out there, tell me how you feel about this. I'm sure oh you will. God. I don't even oh, need gonna, to invite we're you. We're going to make this happen. We're going to do a guilty play. <laughs> like, I, I just need reasons to do things, you know? I know. Sometimes I do them without reasons, but I'll, at least this gives me a reason to, I, I don't need an excuse to talk about Belinda Carlisle or music or guilty true. pleasure songs. Um, I, it kind of just happens organically, but. But yes, I will never forget because everyone was like, what? That is awesome. And I was like, oh, so we were couple, doing guilty pleasures. My, Michael Bolton fun facts. I saw Michael Bolton at concert. I, okay. ha- I have a very checkered musical past. Like mm-hmm. I was a pop kid growing up before I got into the rock. So, um, so yeah, I saw him in concert. He was like forty five minutes late. I was yeah. like, "Come on, guy." Also, Steel Bars, fun fact, co written by Bob Dylan. Really? Yep. 
Okay, that makes me happy. So that adds a, a layer least, of legitimacy. Yes, it does, which <laughs> you just... wouldn't get with much of Michael Bolton songs, right? <laughs> Although I do love um, uh, the big one, When a Man Loves a Woman and all. I love all of his stuff. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, everybody went the safe route, you know, and I'm over so. here. But yeah, so, well, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Cold open, heaven is a place on earth, Justin's happy. So... I made a note. I hope this episode lives up to the hype of this song being open. I'm afraid not. Although uh, it was a cool way to show how June was losing her mind. It was. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, yeah, so of Matthews in the hospital, it's their opening scene. And so we know, like I, my first thought was, okay, she's not dead, technically. Uh, but we kind of learn along the way that she is mostly dead. She's brain dead, essentially. Yeah. Um, and they're just keeping her alive to have the baby, hopefully. They don't even know if that's going to happen, but that's kind of the goal. Obviously, everything. <laughs> the, goal, the goal of this entire show is the baby. Right. Um, and so you hear June doing this voiceover where the, all the monitors are beeping in different rhythms. And so she was like, do you hear it? And she starts singing Heaven is a Place on Earth to the rhythm of the song. Um, She's like, you will hear you it. You will hear it. <laughs> and so she talks about how Matthew is just a vessel now, which is kind of interesting. There's a lot. It's a very uh, political term these days with several you know, politicians kind of referring yes. to that lately. Um, she, we learned that she's been in there 32 days, <laughs> which is insane. Um, but we don't know at any point how far along she is. Like, right. you know, the whole episode, I'm like, how many weeks is she? How right. long is, you know, I'm kind of wanting some details here about how yeah. long they're going to torture June. Right. And yeah, well, all we know is she's been in there 32 days. I think, yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about a couple things here. Do you think they would really let June be in the room all the time, sleep there and just be there. Yeah, Seems like a security risk to me. Well, of course it became that. Right. Um, but yeah, no. Tim and I were talking about that too. We were kind of like, what, what, what does this look like? You know, when I saw the bed there, because first of all, if you kneel for even forty-five minutes, your body starts to ache. Like yes. your body just starts to revolt. So at some point, I feel like she would have fainted. Like you, because I know she slept in a bed at night because they show that later. They kind of have like a cot or something for her later. But I mean, longer than an hour, I think your bones would just start to ache and you might, like I said, pass out or something like that. Um, And just as the mind atrophies, your body kind of starts to, too, to a degree. I'm not saying she wouldn't be able to walk, but. Well, you saw she had like the few times that we saw her actively trying to get up. She was really struggling. You know, well, yeah. Which so, really hampered her Serena murder attempt, by the way. Yeah, that was the saddest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I wrote in my notes when I was watching it, the saddest stab attempt ever. Because <laughs> it was just so flaccid. Uh, and I mean, it was just it's awful. Like, it's like when your your kid, like your toddler, tries to like beat you up. Like they get so <laughs> mad at you that they're ready to just like wail on you. And you're like, that's cute. I know. You're like, sit down, push the Unless they hit shoulder. you in the face, because little fists in the face, they like fit right in your eye sockets. I know. Oh, man. Trust me. I live <laughs> I live that life. I know. Get very uh, mad about that. Yeah. So June is pretty much out of it. She's got the whole crazy face look on, you know, eyes right. are got big circles under them. Um, and so a couple things happen here. Uh, she, we see these girls walk by, the, the, you know, younger girls like Hannah, Hannah's age. And we don't yes. know really if they're really there. Because yeah. we're not entirely sure what June is really seeing and what she's imagining. Um, but later on, we learn they are real. So that was at least some relief that she wasn't going completely cuckoo. Right. Um, and I wrote in my notes, I had to like go back because I wrote hallucinating. And then after I realized she wasn't, I, right. just, I just put seeing. <laughs> 
Um, so then the wives come by to pray, and June talks about how they smell like Serena, which was interesting. About how they smell like the soap. I guess maybe they all they use the same kind of stuff, like, like the it's government issue, government, <laughs> government issues body soap. I don't know. I don't know. Because she talks about how she smells like when Serena used to hold her down during the ceremony. Mm. Um, and so I then Lydia, not to be outdone, brings the other handmaids in to pray, of course, because you have to. And she basically says, I'm going to be here till there's a baby. Yeah. So we, we learned that that's pretty much the punishment is this is your walking partner, as Lydia says later on. Um, so you have to sit here until this baby comes. Well, and, and Lydia sees it as, you know, you were so cruel to her that now you're kind of serving this penance or whatever. But Lydia recognizes that she's unwell. Oh, yeah. And I kind of thought some compassion would be met there. Like maybe she could go home to sleep and then come back in the morning just just for fear of the baby. You right. know, not even about June necessarily, but just for fear that June might hurt the baby or any. Yeah, Anyone that, in the room. That seemed to be the main thing. Like, Nikki watched it, and she was like, why would they even let her be in there? Mm -hmm. Given how unpredictable and weird she's been. And Lydia, knowing that she's had this thing out with of Matthew to begin with right. from the last, you know, few episodes or whatever. So that, that, that whole part still seems weird that that wasn't a concern. And I guess maybe they just thought, oh, we got enough doctors and people around if anything happens I was wondering about camera surveillance, um, but I, there might be some privacy issues there, right? Like you can't put cameras yeah, I don't know. in a... I don't know. It's Gilead, so privacy doesn't seem to be a big right. concern. Yeah. I kind of figured they had video surveillance. I, well, I, you would think so, except for the fact that Serena lies about her getting stabbed, and then you don't really... If but, there was, then she wouldn't... Why go through that? So Serena lied, but the doctor knew anyway, right? Like... Cause he yeah, because the doctor saw the scalpel, so I think he knew that the only reason she would have a scalpel would be to... Then why would he throw it? I, that whole scene kind of confused me. So he threw it right back in the sharps container, yeah. knowing that she must have reached into the sharps container to get it out. Right. I think he thought his brilliant words of wisdom were going to like turn the corner for her. Well, they kind of did a little, mm -hmm. so to be fair, but... Not much I, of a guarantee, though. Right. Yeah, I, I would take the time to just right. maybe put it in a different room. I agree. Or a hallway Something. trash can. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe put a lock on the... Uh, I was going to say, I've never seen a Sharps container that looks like that. Like that all the that ones... accessible? Yeah. All the ones I've seen, there's no way you're getting in there. It's like a mail slot and it's locked and right. everything. Looks like I've studied a lot of these, but I, I just noticed them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not trying to reach into Sharps containers. Sure, sir. Sure. I hey. I'm secretly staring at that <laughs> container going, oh, I what's in there. Uh, okay, so some interesting things here. Um, as far as learning other things about Gilead, she talks about the smell of the room and how it smells like citrus cleaner that she says you know, would have been available at Bed Bath & Beyond and then eventually um, mostly on Amazon, which is an interesting quote about the changing and the retail with people. But that, then she says that was before the internet re raids, which was an interesting word to use, mm -hmm. uh, before the decency codes and before all the hangings started. So that gives you a little bit, they're giving us a little drops of, you know, what happened along the way to to do that. So, so I found that interesting because when that happened, I thought, how can anyone control the Internet? Although I know China has its own kind of restrictions and things like sure. that. I just I wonder what it would look like to to rain in the Internet. Like, what does that look like? I'm sure it's possible. Oh, it's possible. I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's possible. I just was kind of like, what? And then I kind of stopped thinking about it. <laughs> can't 
it, it, you don't want to think about it too much. I really don't. Especially oh. this week. This week's a bad week to think about anything bad in our country because they just keep shoveling it right at you all week long. I know. But, like, thinking about, I guess, getting, I, I don't know, I'm pretty ignorant about tech stuff then because there's a lot of stuff out there like that you you could could make that happen i mean because if you you always hear about like saudi arabia and yeah and china China, for example or north korea or you know north korea not so much for the citizens of north korea obviously um but anywhere like that that is a dictatorship they have that stuff locked down because they can and you know you can control control to a certain extent what your what traffic's coming in and out and you know, you would think if they're taking over an entire country or attempting to, they would have. You they, know. Well, they would have to. Yeah. So. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So I, I hopefully we'll learn more about that. I don't know. I don't know what an internet raid is. I want to know. I know. <laughs> so she, raid feels like a active. It, it does. Physical thing. Like they just walked into Silicon Valley and started rolling down the street. I don't know. They could. Um, so she keeps seeing these girls wearing the pink outfits walk by. And I wrote down that I don't know if they're really there. Felt very <laughs> red rummy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yes. what's happening? Exactly. Um, but the sad piece of it is she realizes that they're going to have their period soon. Well, they. So the way this was explained, it wasn't that they. Because it's later on that they talk about this. And it's. The way she said it was not that they. Because the, one of the wives talk about them flowering was the way the doctor was. Pres- Called it. And there was some, there was some exam that they were having. I couldn't remember the name of it. But basically, it's a pelvic exam to see if they're like physically able to have children or ready to. Well, they said they track their pelvic yes. development, which to me meant, you know, I, I guess your hips kind of widen as you get older if you're a woman. Right. Um, and to me, that meant not if they could or couldn't, but like the second that they feasibly could. Right. Are physically able to. Yeah, that they would start in with that, which was just a horrific Uh thought. And I hadn't even, that hadn't even crossed my mind. But then she said something about how sooner than later Hannah would be also in that boat of people who are about to have their period or whatever. Um, So that's extra sad. But it also made me think, like, okay, so what if you hit you know, whatever age it is. And then for, for whatever reason, you can't have children, but you're, you know, you're a a daughter of this team, you know, you're in a Mm -hmm. family that is, is wealthy and connected and powerful. Like what if, um, commander, commander, uh, touchy feely, touchy feely, the one who likes to rubs Fred's back and pretend like it's uh, all good. Winslow. 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 What if one of his six kids, just for whatever reason, just right. cannot have children, cannot reproduce? Uh, what can't. happens to those children? Do they remain? I guess they would have to. I mean, the, none of the wives would have to be can, wives, right? right? None of the wives now, or some of them can, I guess, but the vast majority of the wives are assumed to not be able to. So I would but imagine if you literally can't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they're really going to kill off the commander's kids. Right. Or like put them into like making them a Martha. I just... I think that we'd just be somebody that couldn't produce that gets a handmaid when they get older. But none of these girls will be handmaids. These no, pink at least not, outfitted ones. Not the way I understood that. Because they're hoping that this generation will be able to not have handmaids. That's what I would think. That's the way I took it. 
but then some still do have handmaids, though, if they can't. I would assume so, but I don't know. Maybe not. Because, like, what if, you know, this generation of Hannah's age kids, right. they all grow up and most of them can have children without a handmaid. Right. Then she would be the only one that would have a handmaid? Yeah, and I don't know, like, at what point do they reach, like, okay, everyone, this certain percentage of people can have children so that they don't feel like they have to have the handmaid situation anymore. So that maybe you're just a person without a child that can adopt another child. I don't know. You know, things happen. Okay. Know? And maybe they're... Normalcy is a bad term to use in the sentence, but maybe they're hoping for a return to like normal, at least reproductive levels, not uh-huh. society levels, because clearly it's going to be fucked up forever. Sure. Um, but hoping maybe that it returns to normal reproductive levels, that there will be you know children that they could get. I guess I don't know because I would imagine, but they always do have the you know they came up with the handmaid, so maybe they keep like a cache of them for you know. That see that, that was my thing. Right? I was like, are you going to keep like? Some on hand right. in case, like I don't know. No, that's a good question. If somebody knows, tell us because that's the thing. I'm not sure. So the next scene, uh, June, she's alone in the hospital room, and she tries to get up off the floor, falls down, right, like you would, understandably, yeah, kneeling for the better part of a month. Um, she talks about wishing she could. She talks about wishing this was some time of therapy so that it, she could get better from it, and then it would all end and go away, which is a great way to put it. You're like, oh my god, especially when there's like no end in sight other than like whenever this baby comes. Right. Um, she walks over to of Matthew and she like just cuts off the air. I think in the uh-huh. in the tube, and like all the bells and whistles start going off, and so she like shuffles back across the room and tries to. <laughs> Hobbles. Kneel down, and then all the come, the dude nurses, as we you know, t- took note of, is there's no men or no women in the uh, in the hospital mm-hmm. in, on staff at all. Um, so they come back and they revive of Matthew, and that's kind of her first. Well, my whole thing was like, what did you think was going to happen that no one would come in and rectify this? Well, like, I, I think we're supposed to assume that she's so not in her right mind that she, she just can't think just forward. Doesn't matter. Also. I'm still kind of in the whole sharps thing. So when I, I'm sorry, but like when the orderly or whatever he was, when he drops the scalpel in the sharps container, he looks right at June, like makes weird amounts of eye contact with her. It wasn't just like a casual toss, like this is my job. I put this in here and uh-huh. then I go away. It kind of felt like, hey, you, do you see this? Your hand could fit in here. Bye bye. Like it just, I don't know. It felt like they were trying to get June to. Telegraphing it, it, Freak it could out. be one of two things. Like, and maybe you've had one of these moments, especially being a teacher, where like you're doing something that you know potentially a kid or someone could get to if things went poorly and somebody made a bad decision, and you're like looking at them like, "Don't get this scalpel." <laughs> you drop it in, and you're just kind of eyeballing like, "I see you." I'm watching you. Or it could have been, I took it like, there could be three different ways. So like, it's, hey, I thought maybe he was like, hey, you should take this and kill yourself. That's where my head was at. That's like, what was I was like, thinking. You know, you're pretty screwed up. If you're feeling a little. Feeling a little down, here's a scalpel over here. Exactly. Or you could say, is he like part of the underground? And he's like, hey, come get this scalpel and start cutting fools. I don't know. Oh, I didn't get an underground vibe from him, no. but I don't know. It felt very much like, hey, if you're feeling pretty desperate and you want to end things. Right. I got a thing here for you. Yeah. But open to interpretation. Yeah, maybe I'm reading too far. No, I didn't think so at all because I definitely mean it's definitely noticeable. Yeah, make a point of him staring at her, and I just couldn't tell if it was like a, "Hey, don't come get this scalpel, crazy lady," or Uh if it was like, "Hey, come get this scalpel, scalpel, crazy lady." (laughs) Um, So they get her back, get Matthew back, 
And the next scene is Lydia and the Handmaids in June. They're praying. Some recite recitation that Lydia's got going. Uh, Lydia tells Janine to get her hair out of her face. So this is our first kind of, you know. Weird interaction with yes. Janine and Lydia for, for a while. They well, haven't interacted together for a while. And so what's happened now, as we see as Lydia makes Ju- or Janine get her hair out of her face, is that her eye, which was already gone, yeah. is now completely just like busted open Mangled. like the scar tissue that was there. And you can just basically see into the eye socket, essentially. Uh, yeah. And so Janine is very upset because she obviously doesn't want that to be like that. Right. And Lydia makes this comment, nothing is uglier than vanity, right? Which coming off of last episode where Lydia like... Totally dolled herself up and right? yeah. So you know Ugh. that was very telling. But it then goes in the it, it kind of flies in the face later of Lydia giving her the right. pirate patch and saying that there's nothing wrong with wanting to look your best. Right, of course, yeah. And I think they meant to contradict her there, like right. because clearly everybody kind of struggles with that. Like they know they shouldn't care how they look, especially women, but everyone to a degree shouldn't care how they look kind of do don't want to kind of want to be above it, but you're not, you know, it's that whole piece of like, you should be confident. But then at the same time, there's kind of the vanity Bible, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And Lydia clearly was burned herself when she put forth a lot of effort in that direction. But then they have this, see, I wasn't totally surprised about the eye patch thing because Lydia and Janine, of course, in these yeah. last three seasons have had kind of this like sick parent child thing where right. Lydia is super hard on her and like humiliates her and then all and treats her like a baby, but then feels bad and tries to redeem it. So this seems yeah. like kind of cyclical between the two of them. Yeah, it's very on brand. Well, it's on brand for Lydia in general. The more you get sure. to see the character is like. She goes hard, 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 and then she's like feels a little bad, so she backs off and then tries to correct it. Yeah, kind of like she did with June when she when they were in DC and they had that whole moment in the bedroom where right. she was talking about all that stuff. But then she just you know you can't tell Forged where on. she's gonna be. Yeah, but still, she and Janine are especially oh for magnified sure. in that way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. the next thing is the doctor comes in with a group of other nurses, nurses and medical people. Um, he, he he walks in and the first thing he says is, what challenges has the Lord given us this morning? Great. Yeah. Like this is all in the Lord's plan. He's a hard one to read at first. Yes, for sure. And they're all, they're all, uh, yeah, it's one of those things like, how could you be like an actual doctor yes. who was a doctor before and still be okay with this uh-huh. situation? I thought about that. Right? Yeah. And I mean, you know there are people out there like that that are you know just happen to be medical professionals but absolutely you know don't agree with the politics or society's you know direction sometimes and sure it's one of those things like you never know like if shit goes wrong and we go it goes gilead who's gonna be you know somebody's got to be the you know physician and somebody will take that up yeah no i that occurred to me too his views when he eventually sat june down didn't super surprise me no um, which kind of happens when you only have one gender of doctors. It's they true. have opinions. <laughs> about opinions are everywhere. Moms and children. It's and true. Um, so right after this, of Matthew starts having this seizure. Yeah. And Lydia, I think, is like trying to figure out what is going on. And June even says she's having a seizure, which is pretty, pretty good for June, who's kind of losing her mind. I thought. Yeah. Um. Moments of and June, lucidity. And June starts. June starts just like 
losing like her mind and she's uh, <laughs> if you're lucky you may get to see her shit herself yeah that's what she said to Lydia and Lydia like looks at her like all of you girls are a pain in the ass um, and Lydia tells her she's heartless um, and June is actively praying for a Matthew and the baby to die. Yeah, please God let them die, which then you're like, okay. You really get a sense of just how gone she is. Mm-hmm. But also, it must have been tough for her not in that moment. You know, when someone like Lydia calls you cruel mm-hmm. for saying something that, I mean, is not nice. Right. But ah, uh, yeah. Everybody poops. I mean, I right. uh, see now. I'm like wishing bad things on myself, but um, I'm like knocking on wood over here. <laughs> but like, a lot of women shit themselves right. during labor. You know what I mean? Like, but then Lydia, the one who is forcing a grown woman to kneel in front of a hospital bed for 32 right. days, is calling. <laughs> June, <laughs> cruel, and June is in such a fragile mental place that I'm surprised that she didn't just unleash on her, of course. But then again, now she's kind of in this like weird submissive mode because yep. she's so crazy that she's just like, please, let me yep. <laughs> You know, she's kind of quivering over there. Yep. But it was just, I found it very ripe for <laughs> <laughs> irony and June didn't say anything. Nope. So, whatever. Uh, so, as Lydia's leaving, the doctors fix up of Matthew. Um, and as they're leaving, Jude is like begging Lydia to let her go home and sleep, just let her sleep. Um, and she goes, you may go home when your walking partner goes home and June curses at her. And I forget what she says, but that's when she says, all you girls, just awful. <laughs> just like, oh, like a disappointed mom. Right. Exactly. And she gives her the oh so famous, uh, God never gives us more than we can handle line. Sure. Yeah. Which, you know, everybody likes to trot out there. Yes. And she says, pray without ceasing. That's all we can do. Of course. No, I I saw that coming, but didn't. <laughs> at one point, though, at the very end of this episode, mm-hmm. you know how she said, you can go home when your walking partner goes home. Yep. So when the baby was born and June has a suitcase and she's leaving, at first, before I saw the suitcase, I thought, oh, no, they're not going to let her go because of Matthew Technically, after she had the baby, she was still in the hospital, right. and I thought they were going to make June stay there until, and s- until she passed away right. or whatever happened. And sometimes you just never know in those types of situations how how long these right. things take, which sounds awful, but it's true. And that she ends up staying in the long run, but before I saw the suitcase, I thought, oh, my God, they're going to make her stay, even though the baby's gone like or has been born and is doing right. other things now. I was like, whew. That is brutal, but she stays anyway. Right, so. <laughs> she stays by choice. But that's different. It that is, is different. different. That is different. Um, so, the nurse who has just uh, helped do the procedure to stop the, the uh, seizures. Mm-hmm. This is when nurse dude puts the scalpel in the sharps box and mm-hmm. stares at Dares June in whatever yeah. whatever way he's staring at her. So the next scene is uh, June gets up at night and is. Now it's time to retrieve the thing from the sharps box. Um, I did note that this was a pretty cool shot because they were showing the floor and the ceiling of the room, like reflecting uh-huh. each other. It was just really cool looking. If you're a cinematographer type person, I it was pretty that. cool. Um, but she goes over, and you're like, okay, what? How is this going to go in a shot? Because I, you know, you always wonder. Like you always wonder what it's like in the sharps box. You, you like have that thought when you're looking at it. Like if I stuck my hand in there, how quickly would I get <laughs> fucking? See, by everybody right? thinks about well, the sharp box. Does. Okay, everybody does. Everybody does. Because <sighs> everybody wonders, could I get something out of there without poking myself? I wonder. 
Uh, the answer is nay here in this situation. <laughs> yeah. And that was gross. It was so gross. Everything it was about super it was gross. gross. The fact that it was like a little stubby needle that was like bigger than your regular hypodermic right? needle so that it like hooked into her finger. It super was. And then, okay, she pulls it out. Good, you have to. But then do you suck on your finger? No. I mean, I get that's kind of the instinct to go to. Like when you cut your finger, you kind of like go, that's the go-to move. But I think I would hopefully, maybe it's just because she's a little far gone. But I would hope that if you had the wherewithal to like put your hand in there, that maybe you'd be like, maybe I shouldn't suck on that finger right now. Yeah, so here's the thing. It's like, well, she knows of Matthew, right? Like, and if Matthew's the only person that's been in that hospital, it's not, so it's not like a Sharps container that you find right. where you're like, Random. whoa. <laughs> yeah, like in a bathroom somewhere, you're like, ew. <laughs> but at the same time, just anybody else's fluids, even if you know them well, you're just like, yeah. even if it was my own needle from earlier like I still think I would find that I, I just I don't know that I would put my finger in my mouth oh. again and even if it was my own needle I would just find that very icky and I'm not a guy who's like ooh that's icky like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff does not necessarily bother me but that kind of thing in that situation I was like oh no 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 no, right. Well, my husband has type 1 diabetes, so he didn't even flinch. <laughs> and so I see that stuff a lot. Yeah. And even even me, who I watch him, you know, inject himself several times a day, every day for the last however many years, even still seeing that on TV just stuck so firmly in there. It didn't the, fall out or and, anything. And just the way they did it, where they, like, lingered on it, uh-huh. sitting in her finger, you're like, oh, oh, so gross. I put that as part of a, I did another this week. I did... People were very pleased last week that I put the uh, trigger warnings uh, for last week's episode, since there was quite a few. Um, so I put them for this week's episode because there was also quite a few. Uh, so I put that as one of mine. I was like, needles. If you are a needles person, this is not the episode for you. Right. Um, so the next thing. And so now she has the scalpel. And this is my notes. This is live, Justin. This is how Justin was thinking at the time. Scalpel acquired. I go, this is the Handmaid's Tale video game. And this was the level you started on in the hospital. We have now gotten our first weapon. Because I always start you off with something crappy, right? You always start off with like a knife or your fists or something like hand, some hand weapon. Like this is our, now we've right. got. Right. Like this. in Doom 2, you didn't get like the big, you got like the, the throwing axe or exactly. something stupid in the something beginning. Dumb. You're like, what am I going to do with this exactly. axe? Yep. But then you get like. Level up. Yeah. Level up. Now, we don't necessarily level up in this episode. But no, no. I'm just saying. It was just what it reminded me of. <laughs> it's like, this is target acquired. Finish him. <laughs> Got our knife. All right. So Janine comes in, right? And we're like, oh, Janine, why are you here? And apparently Janine's got an eye infection, as you do when your eye is a gaping hole. True. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I put right in the beginning when she walked in, I was like, Janine saves the day? Question mark? Mm-hmm. I was like, I she guess she's going to save this situation with her... It's a ray of fucking sunshine. Yeah, Ness. Like that whole Janine episode was super cool two seasons ago when mm-hmm. they saved the baby and yeah. Janine. Well, yeah. I mean, in the colonies, she's the ray of sunshine oh, and does the whole right. wedding, even though the the two women, the one woman dies, they do the whole wedding before she dies. Yeah, say what you will about Janine. She seems to have some sense of intuition or yeah. something. I don't yeah. know. So she comes in and essentially June is standing over of Matthew. Um, and Janine doesn't seem to see the scalpel right away. But eventually she does, and uh, she was a little um, taken aback, I guess you could say. Of course. Uh, she talks to her, said, uh, so, hold on, let me get up here in my notes. Um, Janine says she's been praying for Up Matthew, because Janine's essentially coming in because she feels bad, and she wants to let Up Matthew know, even though she can't really talk to her here. 
um, depending on how you think about that, but um, that she feels like she caused the seizure. Yeah. Janine has taken it all on herself, which is a very typical Janine. Right? I was going to say that. Taking that's all the world's problems. and Very Janine. We, we all know at least one person like that, too, where you're like, empath. how you're empath. could you have associated that? <laughs> yes. But okay. I would be that person. That's me. Oh, Justin, that's oh, yeah. tough. Yep, I feel it all. It's all Oh, for me. man. Uh, so Janine talks to Matthew and tells her she forgives her for beating her down with a can and wants her to get better. And June says, because June is June at this point, says, yeah, she can't get better. Newsflash. Uh, and Janine says she wishes, she can wish, and then she says she hopes she finds peace. And that's kind of where she leaves it. Uh, and so June then decides that they can kill her. <laughs> says, Hey, you know what we could do? Hey. I got an idea. I got a plan. Speaking of letting her find some peace, <laughs> we could kill her. That would help with the peace idea. Do you think? expedite this whole process <laughs> right now. I um, got you, Janine. So Janine declines. Sure. As you would think she would. Mm-hmm. And she makes this point of a very interesting thing saying she's one of us. Which is an interesting way of thinking about it because they have not treated her, even though she was a handmaid, just like them. In a, you know, same situation they are. She was kind of the, the outlier because of the way she handled the situation. Yeah. Um, not that she did herself any favors, but she is still, you know, overall in the same situation that they are she day is. in and day out basis. So they did not treat her as a peer. Well, and if Janine's anything, she's pro-baby. That is even very in true. Gilead, even yep. knowing that the baby's life won't be amazing, yep. uh, yeah. So obviously, we saw this response from Janine coming, right? Because I mean, like every uh, the two handmade birds we've seen since Janine, she's been the one like right on top of Lydia, right next to the mm-hmm. you know the bed, rooting the person on. Sure, creepily, it's just weird. Oh, yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, so then <laughs> Janine asks for the scalpel. Put the scalpel down, June. And June says, nay, I shall mm. not put down the scalpel. <laughs> so then Janine, like, really lets her have it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Which I think she's speaking for, she, she is the voice of the audience in this uh, episode, I believe, because I think there's a lot of people who have watched the, you know, direction this character has taken, and I know they're taking this turn on purpose, but are like, okay, it was a lot about June before, and she was getting a lot of people in trouble. And a lot of her actions were causing consequences, which mm-hmm. I, every time it happens, I'm like, how many more people have to, like, be maimed, killed, or, like, whatever? Because in the of name you? of June, yeah. In the name of June, yes. <laughs> and she's like, when did you get to be so selfish? Everything is always about you now, your problems. And she says, you're different. I don't like it. Yeah. And so that was very interesting. And then she leaves. And she, I guess, leaves to I let was, June decide what you're going to do. I was very surprised that she didn't tell on her. Because yep. once June said no with the scalpel situation, I knew Janine wasn't going to like fight her or anything like that, Try like to f- try to fight it from her hands. But then I thought she's going to go tell an orderly or a right. nurse or something that, Janine, that uh, June's gotten a hold of a scalpel, and she didn't. I think she thought, I'll just tell her, and I just hope she makes the right decision. But if Janine was going to call somebody out, that's exactly the way Janine would do it. Yep. So I was like, oh, wow. She's right, and that's probably one of the only things she could have said that would have gotten through to crazy June brain. Right, yeah. So, it worked, though. I mean... Yeah, because she's been, I mean, rightly so. I mean, it's such a fucked up situation if you put yourself in it. Like, you know, yeah, of Matthew is a handmaid just like they are, but Mm -hmm. she was still not, you know, endearing herself to everyone. But you don't know what she has gone through. Obviously, she's had those moments where you can tell that things are weighing on her, and like they are on all of them in this fucked up situation flipped out in loaves and fishes exactly and so it's just it's an interesting thing for 
kind of put June back in perspective of everyone is in this situation, not just you. And it manifests itself differently yep. in different people, yep. even in less than ideal ways. Right. I, or, you know, for example. Yeah. And I think at the end of this, I think Janine at this point, she's made peace with of Matthew and she set her peace to June. And so I think she's in an okay place to where she won't feel any guilt necessarily for walking away. Yeah. You know, also given that of Matthew is not likely to, you know, recover. Uh, so yeah. I think she feels a limited amount of guilt walking away and seeing what June's going to do. Cause then it's all on June. Janine has done all she can do essentially other than knock June out, which I still think she could take her. She's got that crazy energy. She does. It's something that, special. Yeah. She's that like everybody and uh, guys and girls both have like the little wiry, crazy ones are the ones you got to watch out for. Oh yeah. For sure. The ones that don't look that strong mm -hmm. really are. Yeah. They got that crazy strength. They do. Yeah, I tried to explain this the other day to my daughter because her and uh, Nikki have been working out together. Mm -hmm. And I think she was not expecting Nikki to be in. Like Nikki's in good shape if you uh -huh. see her. Um, but I don't think that she was expecting Nikki to be able to hang with her. Oh, yeah. a teenager. Because she's young. I, yeah. So I tried to explain like. It's funny. They talk about it in sports a lot. But like. Or like older Ecto, guys. Like, endo. Like you no, know, they talk about like. They just call it old man strength. Yeah. Like you know. You get these old guys that don't look like they're in the greatest shape. But like. They can hang with you if you need to. And I was like, you got to understand, like, we used to be in shape. And then we got a little bit out of shape. And then we put all that on top of the shape we were already in. And now we're getting back in better shape. So it's like double. It's already there. It's already there. You got a base. Or like, we had a base already. A solid base. Yes. You just, you don't expect it looking at us. But, you know, we got it. It's yeah. in there. Yeah. Especially if you have a strong core. Yep. Even if everything else looks a little yep. like, oh, I don't know. If your core is strong underneath whatever's on top of yep. it. Uh, you can really throw some weight around. Yep, for sure. And it's funny because I was talking about how Nikki is like untapped athletic potential, <laughs> which she used for like the first half of her life, right? Uh, before she was an adult, like she did dance for almost like 10 years, uh -huh. like up to where she was doing like toe ballet and all this crazy shit. Uh, she did swimming and all this stuff. So it's just funny. Like the child has no reference for any of that, right? Other right. than us mentioning it and talking about it. So she was a little taken aback by the fact that her mom could hang with her in the gym. I am not surprised that at that information hilarious. at all. And I've never seen Nikki do anything right. physical, but just knowing her as a person. Yep. My best friend is like that. She's wildly strong, a uh -huh. hundred pounds, you know, teeny tiny, but watch her carry in 25 grocery <laughs> bags. She's got a vein popping out of her neck. It's crazy, but she's so strong. And everyone is like, why is she strong? And I'm like, I don't know. It just it, is. It kills me. Right. <laughs> I try so hard. All right. So this next scene, and this is the doctor. And, <laughs> yes. and I don't know who the, what their names are. So I just named them Mrs. And Mr. and Mrs. of Matthew. Because yeah. I'm going to reverse this whole thing. We're right. going to give them the name of the handmaid. Sure. Uh, so the doctor says, talking about the baby, that the lungs aren't formed yet, and that they could take it to the NICU once it's born. Yeah. Um, so Which is a thing. Yes. Uh, so then the girls walk by again, which yeah. is like the third time we've seen them. And so at this point, we're thinking, okay, somebody can confirm whether or not these people actually exist. So the doctor does, and this is when they go into the whole pelvic, pelvic thing. exam thing. Um, and June does that in a voiceover talking about how they're tracking their pelvic growth. Uh, so Serena just shows up. Yeah. Like you, do, you know, um, so she shows up because she has to, you know, she's got to put on the good face and say she's coming to pray and all this jazz. And so she's there. And then as she's leaving, June asks to uh, speak to Serena. And she's got the scalpel at this point. Oh, yeah. Still. Um, and so she's kind of doing this eeny, meeny, miny, mo thing on which person she wants to kill in the room. Which right. Is hilarious and awful at the same time. But you're like, oh, my God. And so Serena walks in right on Mo, right? Yeah. Which is great. Uh, so <laughs> she says, 
This is so like little kid. Like it just shows like the level of brain she's at right now. She's like, hey, can I come talk to you? Come closer. Come closer. It's a secret. And you're like, oh my God. Wow. Um, <laughs> I know. It's just hilarious. It's just this awful And so she's flail. like stumbles to her feet. And okay. We had this. I had this conversation on Facebook because somebody really wanted to know. Like if June and Serena in... The Handmaid's Tale, like, went at it in a fight. Who would win? And to me, this is an easy, easy no contest to Serena. Just Really? Like, Just because she's taller? and She's got the reach. Yeah. She's got the height. I mean, I looked up their heights, like, as the, oh, the really? people as themselves. Actresses? She's 5'9", without the heels. Serena Joy is? Or, yeah. uh, Yvonne Strahovski. And uh, Elizabeth Moss is 5'3". yeah. So sounds about right. That's a six inch height advantage already. Sure. And we've already seen she's got a wicked like backhand, right? From when she knocked June the hell out. Sure. Yeah. At the house that one night. Forgot about that. So to me, and especially given that they were talking about this scenario specifically, where I could tell that June wasn't real with it, like the oh, she, no like contest. I said, she was flailing. No like contest. It was crazy. Yeah. Like I get that June's like crazy strength, and I get right, that, but, but I don't think so. Think there was no focus to it. It no, was just wild and no. untapped. Like it was just like, <laughs> so it was so sad to watch. It was. It was awful. Uh-huh. Uh, so she stumbles to her feet, and uh, I made I made an actual note a couple weeks ago that June was going to cut a motherfucker, and she did. Yeah. Um, but she's not super good at it because right. you know she's she lost her mind, lost her brain. Uh, so Serena grabs her and it's funny because Serena is almost like what the fuck is happening right. it's, it's not even like oh my god she's going to kill me she's yeah. not afraid at all she's like what is the matter with you like Doing. she cuts her and she's like ah <laughs> swats her like, swats her off like an insect <laughs> and yeah so Serena says she's out of her mind and June says this has to end she's like yelling at her from the floor yeah, um, and says you, and she makes this comment, which a lot of people were interested in. Was you were supposed to be one of the strong, strong ones. ones? Yeah, which I didn't know how to take that like at all. Right. Uh, there. Yeah, I guess mentally, meaning like I guess that she could withstand that type of mental torture. Right. I mean, the only thing I think thinking of it now is like back to last episode when they were placing the handmaids. Lydia and the other aunts are kind of do the lazy Susan with, hey, this family mm-hmm, needs one. Mm-hmm. Who needs this one? That maybe like Fred and Serena, after what happened with the previous handmaid killing herself, they needed somebody with some mental toughness, maybe because they're considering that mentally weak that you committed suicide. So oh. maybe when they were going through that, they told her this one is a little more mentally strong, you know. When she did talk Janine off the, the ledge. Right. So I guess she was kind of seen as the one who was... In more control, yeah. I guess, than yes. a Janine type. And she has been, to her credit. Yeah. For the most part. But I wonder if in this situation, who could withstand that Nobody. type of... Yeah. So, but I mean, Serena's kind of coming in out of nowhere. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and so June starts crawling over at her. Like, she is like, fuck you, lady. Yeah. I'm coming for you. And it was pretty great. That was that was kind of a cool thing to see, because she was like literally like crawling at her on the floor I like saw. some kind of animal. And I was like, Damn. Well, like, if I was Serena, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's scarier to me than you coming at me with a knife. Right. Like, the fact that you are so mad and so out of your mind that you, A, can't walk, B, can't stab me, but C, still want to come at me like a dog, basically, on the ground. Uh, that like that frightens me a little bit. So, 
Serena takes the ticks off down the hallway. And this is the part where you're like, okay, what's she going to do? Is she going to like... Interestingly, my husband knew right away. She's like, she's not going to snitch. Right. And I knew he was right. I didn't think it before he did. But when he said it, I was like, yeah. Why do you think that is? She owes June. We know she does. She knows she does. So this is the least she can do for Jean. I don't think Janine for June. Right. This is the least that she can do for June. And I know that she's kind of been not given two shits what uh, June thinks ever since she decided she wanted the baby back. However, she still does give June a surprising amount of airtime. For example, in front of the Lincoln Monument, she didn't she didn't even have to hear her talk at all. She could have just been like, somebody take her away and put her in front of the camera that I'm about to. Yep. Like, she did not have to listen to June talk in front of the Lincoln Monument. So there are times where Serena gives June airtime or, you know, FaceTime with her, whatever you want to call it. Attention. I like airtime. Yeah. I like referring to her. And then, and you think, you know, if I was in Serena's position and I had committed to this, taking this baby back, I wouldn't talk to June anymore. I'd, I'd right. forge it. She'd make me feel bad and I don't want to feel bad. You I, know, like. I think for Serena, you know, we talked about it with that one episode where they had the whole handmaids at breakfast and Serena, like, making them all breakfast and trying to be one of the girls and yeah. whatever. I, I think there's always, like, regardless of what they're talking yes. about or arguing about or how heated it is that I think there's something within Serena that likes that intellectual challenge that yes. June brings to her. Um, and that anyone really brings to sure. her, you know? So I think there's a certain aspect you know of her. Not. Right. I think there's a certain aspect of her that doesn't get that from anywhere else because the vast majority of the rest of the people are either like, yes, men who are going to have to agree with her or mm-hmm. they're the commander's wives who aren't really going to argue with her because you're all in the same situation. So you right. know, they're going to gossip about, about, the rest of the wives or whatever. Right. But there's not that real intellectual debate or even if it's an argument that is a real argument that you two do not like each other. There's something about them that just bring, they just are mag, you know, magnetically attracted to each other, especially Serena to her. Right. Why, why she was so disappointed when she had seen how far June had deteriorated. Yeah. Because she's seen, yeah. Cause she's seen June on the other side of that, right. Where she's been very in control when they were like running Gilead from Fred's office. Right. You know, they were very much the women that they used to be. Right. You know, when they weren't in there. So to see her, yeah, probably for Serena, it's even a shock to begin with of, you know, Wow. This how is, far are you? From? How far are you from that woman that I knew there? Which is interesting. I didn't even think about that until you mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. So she didn't snitch. No. And then. Snitches. No stitches. <laughs> right. Uh, then she, then the doctor comes in. Yeah. And he tells whatever, he says whatever Serena said, like, yeah. oh, you cut yourself. Said, yeah, Miss Waterford says you cut yourself. Whatever. Uh, it's going to need stitches. Now this, at this point, I did not know whether this was going to be like. You're getting punished with stitches or. <laughs> right. So it's hard to tell where he's going to go. And at first he seems really kind because his stitches are up and he respects her mom. Like she brings up her mom. Yeah, she brought up his mom and. Um, he clearly had respect for her. Yes. Whether and he likes her or not. That, that's correct. Because he, he referred to her as mean because he laughs and he's like, uh, I forget what her name is, which is terrible. But Holly. Holly is her name. Yeah. And he's like, she was uh, she was mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's no wonder you went to Mrs. Waterford <laughs> what you did, because you know, your mother was just like that. Fiery, yeah. But then he starts talking about... <laughs> and then he starts talking. <laughs> More, and he says, I honor the handmaid's life by saving her child, and how will you honor your daughter? So that's the last thing he says to her before that he leaves. Yeah. But before he says that, he says something along the lines of like, 
it becomes clear that he doesn't care about the mothers at all. And it's pretty much all about the babies and there's no concern for them. He just keeps them well enough to have a child. And June, of course, doesn't agree with that. Because right, um, the reason that she brings up her mom was he mentions that he took an oath right. to do no harm. Yes. And that uh, she says that she's essentially insinuating that he is doing harm to Matthew by right. keeping her alive in this situation mm-hmm. just to have this baby. Right. And that her mom always put her patients, comma, the, the women, women yeah, as first. a priority. And that he is, you know, that's that's the, you know, if you look at the viewpoints of this in society even today of, you know. What's the priority, uh, right? And so yeah. those are the two opposed sides. And so they're kind of having that debate for us, essentially. Um, and so, yeah, that's when they start talking about his mom, her mom, because then he's like, oh, that was your mom. No wonder this happened. <laughs> right. You should have known. Uh, and it was interesting because then, like, she admits to, hey, I was going to kill you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and so then he was like, well, let's see if we can uh, frame that a little differently. Which then he starts trying to tell her, how long have you had suicidal thoughts? And she's like, no, no, no homicidal thoughts, yeah, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. I was like, come on, you can do this, Joe, I swear. Uh, but yeah, so this part that you're talking about where he gives her the words of wisdom, how are you going to honor your you know, child? Because he's honoring this child by doing whatever he's doing to keep it alive. And then all of a sudden, June has like this moment of clarity and she's back, which I thought was a little... You know, snap out of nowhere. Too for me. easy. It was a yeah. little too easy. Deus ex machina. Yeah, yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I am lucid and okay. It seemed a little quick for me. Like, yeah, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it occurring within the episode because it kind of has to, but having it occur and have her be like, oh, I don't know. It just felt because nothing whole... had changed from her five minutes ago crawling across the floor <laughs> to Serena. Like she was a wild animal to come and get her to now. I was like, oh, gotcha. I'm in control now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He seems compassionate, but then he says the thing about not really caring about the moms. And then he's like wanting her to fight so that she can honor her daughters. But that seemed a little bit like, well, you were just saying how you don't give a shit about the moms as long as they're able to have the babies and who cares. But also now you care about June and how she honors her daughters because under your philosophy, it feels like you don't really give a shit about June as long as she has babies and does her job or whatever. So the whole interaction with the doctor I found just... Very odd. Yeah, just unsatisfying in in some ways. I don't know. So next scene uh, yeah. is June. So they're showing the delivery, right? Is the yeah, next scene? Yeah, so they lay there, and that's when everything starts going crazy. Yeah. And so this is when she goes over there, and she sees the blood on the blanket, and she like pulls the blanket back, and she's bleeding. Um, and so then it's time for C-section, which is another thing I put on the trigger warning, just for you people at home. Um, they show a good they, deal of it. They did. Which I they found. full on did it. Not... Um, Expected? Not expected. <laughs> after, well, I mean, after last week with the umbilical cord baby, sure. it's not necessarily the most surprising thing. No, but I was like, why? Yeah, there is a certain aspect of why. Right. Um, because I think everybody can imagine what that is like. Even with the, you know, they, they have the fetus, they have the baby out, and they're like resuscitating it. Like all of that is occurring. Right. And I think that's one of those things where they feel like to like really hammer home what that situation is like, that it has to be like that. I, uh, you know, whether you agree with that or yeah, but you know the show's first couple seasons were pretty gratuitous, so they were kind of dialing it back yeah. this season. Yeah. But then that happened, and I yeah. was like, all right. In the last couple of weeks, those two things, I think people have kind of been like, mm, come do on. We, do we need to? Yeah. 
so they, they save the baby. It's a boy. Um, it is a, no, it's a girl. It is a boy. You're right. It's a you're boy. Right. Yeah. Yep, it's a boy. And so as they're leaving, I thought this was interesting. The doctor, like casually, and this may occur because the doctors are like this, um, you know, very like in the moment. Mm-hmm. This is my job. This is that. Not thinking of it necessarily as a. This is a person. With some of them do, but he like says, "Hey, stitch her back up because you guys need the practice." As he's yeah. like walking out, which. It's probably a thing that is said or occurs. Yeah. Just if, from a like matter of fact standpoint of him probably thinking, you know what, you guys so could use gone. this. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's just one of those things that's probably one of those conversations that happens in the room when you're not there that you never hear. Right. Right. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're not sitting there going, what? what? No, don't say that. Yeah. Um, so next morning, uh, June is still there. Yeah. And she's leaving. And she's like shuffling down the hallway because she's still, I can't tell if it's because she can't walk right or what her deal is just because she's been kneeling for the better part of 30 something days. I can't imagine days. she would be able to walk right. right. Um, and so she runs into one of these girls who she's yeah. been seeing that is real. Uh, yeah. And she offers to carry her her luggage, which was interesting given the, you know, kind of breadth of treatments of the handmaids in that society in general. Right. And so, you know. I, maybe they keep the girls a little sheltered, a little naive. Maybe. Yeah. And considering the handmaids do have babies, I guess those girls might look, look at them, them as, mm. yeah, regardless of, yeah, because I, d- I doubt they explain the full right. thing to How, a 13-year-old. Yeah, well, yeah, because probably to them, like, even when they had that reunion with Hannah and her, like, she said she essentially knew what June did mm-hmm. and trying to have the babies, but... You know, I don't think they're going to explain, hey, here's how it all goes this down. This is the ceremony. Right, until later. Because at this point, I think they're still, like, laying the groundwork for all that and saying, this is why we do this the way we do it and trying to normalize it. And so to them, I think that's, you know, they see her and it's just this person who does this job in Gilead, right? Or, like, who gets to have babies, which are which I'm sure they're um, brought up to think right. is the but we also we also run into this timeline issue, which... That girl is probably 11 or 12, given, mm-hmm. you know, what they're doing there. And so it's kind of one of those things like, is she old enough to have not been around when Gilead was not around uh, during the whole transition? And to remember, Should she mean? know, like... Because clearly know, Gilead isn't 12 years old, no. but maybe she was too young too to young remember to what yeah, it was like before. It was just an interesting... Well, it was like a sad brainwash conversation, which I'm sure right. made June think about... What does Hannah think and what right. would Hannah, what does Hannah believe now? Does she want to have kids? And she even says, you know, you don't have to, or is that what you want? Yeah, because the girl says, uh, they say I can have babies, you know, when I, you know, when I'm older, not now. Right. And June asked her, yeah, is that what you want to do? Which kind of is like a little mini. Yeah. And revolt. I don't know, when was the last time a girl got asked if she wanted to do anything, you know? Right. <laughs> you know, you would think, like, is that something you want to do? Isn't asked of a lot of women in Gilead to begin with. Um, June walks outside, and she sees four more girls walk by mm-hmm. who are all older. Yeah. Um, and then she kind of has this moment of whatever. I guess. And realizes what she says later, which is, time for me to get some of these kids out of Gilead. And I don't know if that's because she had that conversation with the girl who she's like, oh my god, that's terrible that this is happening to all these girls. Um, so she asks... Or maybe oh Janine's comments sunk in of maybe. that selfish piece of not just worrying about Hannah. Right. Worry about 
yeah. Han- all, all the, the Hannahs, yeah. yeah. And not even just like, yeah, not even just your hand, just like everybody's, everybody's Hannah. Everybody's got a Hannah. Right. Not just you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so she's like, hey, Lydia, uh, she's still alive in there. How about I go hang with her? And you're like, well, oh, okay. Even Lydia was surprised, like, oh, how nice of you. You have not been nice the last, like, you know, several shows. Uh, and so June goes in and stays with her. And they have this moment, and she's like, um, well, this is the part before this is Aunt Lydia and Janine. This the is when patch, Janine yeah. gives, her, gives Janine the eye patch, and she says, I look like a pirate. And in keeping with her show MVP status, she says, a space pirate. Because <laughs> that's that, that was amazing. I was like, yes. I a know. A space pirate, Janine. <laughs> you are right. A space pirate. Uh, so Janine, once again, cements herself in as the MVP. Of the as show. the best, yeah. Uh, and Ann Dowd's face in this when she's like giving it to her and she like sees her and she's like like this proud, you know, face on. I was like, she's amazing. Like this, this character and she's so good at playing her. And like you hate her and you have to hate her, but she's like so good at giving her those little human, human touches. And yeah, exactly. It's just, well, incredible. and even the Lydia episode last week, I was, <clears throat> I was reflecting on it later yeah. thinking, wow, how well acted was that? I mean, that was just that great. karaoke episode. The karaoke yes. part just killed me. I know. It was so funny. I was telling Tiana on the show, I was like, it looked to me like she, like, legitimately didn't know she was going to have to go up there. Yeah. Like, as the at, like, in the scene, like, I, it looked to me like she played it so well that I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't tell her that they're going to drag you up there and make you sing Islands in the Stream. Right. It was just so, it was so, like, genuine that moment of her, like, I don't sing. Yes. <laughs> was like, it was great. Uh, She's so awesome. We, we cut back here to June and of uh, Matthew. And so she's sitting next to her, and June apologizes to her. Yeah. And said she got lost, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, they so she goes through this whole monologue of they just take everything from you and tells her that her son is beautiful so we know that it was a boy which uh, of Matthew was worried that was going to be a girl yeah which is the ultimate fear right. in Gilead uh, tells her that her son is a fighter just like her and uh, he doesn't deserve to grow up in a place like this so this is when we start getting into like the underground the, yeah. railroad or whatever it is she's presenting right and we don't know like what the plan is like right. it's very uh, it's very like Schindler I guess for lack of a better reference you know um, I'm going to get out as many kids as I can because Gilead should know how this feels and it's, it's their turn. Gilead's turn to hurt and so then she sings heaven is a place on earth <laughs> to her as the monitors are going off, um, and she sings the "When the World's Alive" with the sound of kids on the streets outside, is the last line she sings to her. And so we end with just the sounds of the monitors, and then it like stops halfway through the credits, so you know that she's passed away. Oh my god! You I didn't, didn't, that? Listen, you that didn't listen that long. That long? Yeah, I always listen through the credits because it's really interesting what they do in the credits. Because I think uh, what? whichever I think it was the. It was the episode where they end on the them t- doing the first taping, like out of nowhere. Like she gets shuffled into the TV studio and she has no idea what the hell is going on. And that's when they played the U2 song, uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday. And yeah. like they play it through the whole entire credits and they end on the line and the war has just begun. And then they cut it off right as the credits go. Wow. So they always do some, not all the time, but they can. I really need to watch the whole episode. Yeah. So if you, if you watched through the credits, like, and it's not, they don't linger on it to make it like gratuitous, but. It's it probably like after beep. about 30. No, and it doesn't even do that because it's not that type of heart monitor, I guess, or life support monitor. It They just stop. There's no like, beep, you know, that kind of thing that you would normally think like of. Flat line. Like a flat line. It was more just so they start, they go and they slow down the amount of times that they beep. So it'll, it beeps at a certain interval 
uh-huh. and then it slows down that interval, and then it just oh, stops. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So if you didn't make Dang. it through the credits, now you do know that she is, so she or at least you're assumed away. to pass away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Whoops. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was tired. <laughs> I okay. was. It's okay. Not everybody's a credits watcher, but I, you know, I usually like to just to see if they throw anything out there to, that's interesting. And so, yeah, that's it's what they did. Kind of a plot part, though. Uh-huh. Like you, okay. Yeah. yeah. So she is. Uh, All right. So if Matthew passed away, then yeah. her son lives on, and June is going to somehow, some way, Harriet Tubman start S- get the kids out. I don't well, know what that means. Which to me, that means that she's going to take some of the Gilead kids that were like Hannah and. Try to get him the hell out of there. You know, I forgot what I was going to say. It's gone. It's okay. Oh, Janine was right, though. So Janine's she, right a she, lot. She was, she was being really selfish, mm-hmm. which I can totally understand. I'm not saying I wouldn't go yep. to that place myself. But she was being really selfish. So now, I guess she's thinking, Hannah or not, I'm going to get some kids out of here yeah. and that's what it is yeah because she's no closer to knowing where hannah is right or having right. access to hannah at all true so, in fact yeah she's much further so yeah definitely so now it can't be just okay i guess i just do stuff now i'm a handmaid but like right. not gonna get hannah out maybe get somebody else out right exactly i get the, it the mode shifts from you know being so lost because you lost your child mm-hmm. that there's all these other children which is essentially the point of this episode is these kids are everywhere, and it's not just your child who's been suffering. And, you know, like Janine said, you're not the only one. You know, she was also a handmaid. She was going through all the same things we were going through. She didn't handle it the way well. that a lot of us have. But, you know, you got to get outside of your bubble there, June, and see. But, well. So, again, it's one of these things where you talk through the episode, and, like, it feels really good. But then I still feel like not enough was accomplished. Right. That I don't feel like. True. Enough of what I think people want to know yeah. versus what they're giving us is a little bit different. Yeah. I hate to give a, an article too much credit on stuff like this, but it's true. I mean, we, we are kind of craving some side different things, just yep. different things. Yep. yep. And I think I think it's it's obviously so June heavy that people are like, Whew. okay. And I think next week, because we're getting something with Nick at some point. Yeah. Because oh, clearly. We got to know what the hell's going on with Nick when the, you know, the Swiss asked for him and then said he wasn't a guy they should talk to. That still doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Unless he's like super secret agent guy that is doing stuff behind the scenes, which is a definite possibility because we literally know nothing about the character. Right. Other than, you know, we know a little bit about his past, we know less about his present. Like, right. Because uh, me and Tiana talked a little bit about this, but like one of his jobs, if you remember back to the first season, was that he was the guy that was in charge of watching Fred. That was his job. Like that was part of his job as so some level not of just trust the driver. So is in there exactly. So he's got more power than I think we give him credit for because he was the driver. Mm-hmm. You know, and in the novel, he's just the driver. He really at is least just that we the know. Of. Well, we, yeah, yeah. That we don't we don't know anything beyond he's just the driver. But we need to go some, some different directions here. Yeah. In episodes 10 through 13. Like, we got to go. Yeah, because it seems to me like they, they dangled all this stuff out there, and then they just have really gone away from it. You know, we got the Emily situation, which I keep reading terrible things about whether or not she's going to somehow end up back in Gilead, no. or whether the baby's going to end up back in Gilead, or, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's it, There's a lot out there that I think people are a little more interested in. I don't know if they just felt like the middle of the season needed to be June heavy in order to focus the remaining 
we can episodes, even... but I don't feel like she needed extra motivation to no. do anything. Right? But, you know. We could have even gone into, like, June's mom background. Right. Like, really? Yeah. Any direction at this point yeah. would be a, a yeah. departure from June, which is... Article, article that I read um, made a good point of that they the flashbacks have kind of gone away. Yeah. And that the flashbacks were kind of a welcome respite from yes. being so immersed in Gilead yes. and gave you so much more context and character development. Right. You know, even in the little doses that they were in there, that they were such a help for the show that now, since you just like have this heaviness of the Gilead situation constantly without that break of, here's how things used to be and people wearing normal clothes and music, is, you know, and yeah. all that stuff that kind of gives you as a viewer like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, I do that every day. I go running with, you know, my friend and, you know, now we can't do that anymore because whatever. And so I think that there's a lot of credence to that, like you're saying of... Even not just flashbacks. Like, I think, if anything, instead of getting rid of the flashbacks, we should make them longer and almost yep. episodes long because right. we're just getting fatigued here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And I don't know if they just are not gauging that interest correctly or if they just don't know how to do it. Yeah. Or if it's just like one of these things where I can't imagine that that is an inexpensive thing to do when you sure. shoot a show, which is to like keep totally going back and settings. forth from yeah. you know, these regular people is how they used to look to now and keep going back and forth. I can't imagine that that's not more cost prohibitive, but you know, they got mouse money now just for the record. Say, who's doing all right. I think Disney, Disney bought the majority of them. I so know. I think we can do that, but we'll see. Yeah. I, 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 str- I struggle to make a complete judgment until the season is over because maybe that will give you a little different True. perspective on the rest of it. Yeah, I've got fingers crossed for 10 through 13. But there are only four episodes left. And this there is, is a true. lot, hopefully, to cover. Sure. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Anything you're hoping for for next week? Uh, any of the things that I just <laughs> mentioned. Nothing super specific, though. I wouldn't mind a little bit more, Nick. Um, but yeah. I just think that part seems so integral to that, to the that negotiation, yeah. and then What's we gotta know something, right? But yeah, and you know, where is Hannah? Like that's the like almost the forgotten part of this is like right? we don't know where she's at, and that was only two episodes ago. Exactly. Right? Can we talk about Hannah? Can we talk about Holly? Can we see Moira, Luke, Emily? I, I think that's more of the concern that I have is that there's four episodes left. And there are so many plot things that they've dangled out there. Even little things like the whole like homoerotic overtones with Fred and Winslow, right? And you, you know, even Serena, Serena, and as Adelia called him, Captain Freedom Pants, the right. the secret agent guy. The you know, does she still have the phone that he gave her to call her just in case he needed her? You know, oh right, a, you know, right? All that stuff is just like loose yeah. ends. There's everywhere. so many things we could do. Anything, anything but an but an episode like this week. Yeah. We need we need. <laughs> Next week ha- needs to be way. less June. Yeah. It just needs to be. So. It's great she is. No no yes. more. All right. So I think that's it. That's all we got. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put something up for Guilty Pleasure po- uh, songs. We'll make a new po- we'll make our next playlist since we had such luck with the first one. Yeah. Uh, so look for that. And then uh, I'm going to announce a big contest that we got coming up. Okay. Because I keep not doing it and it's time to do it. We got four episodes. Just as an FYI, I take guilty pleasure seriously. I'm not going to take the safe choice yes. like you people at Festibration. I'm going to say the super embarrassing stuff. I'm not going to be like Fleet Foxes or something stupid like that. I remember, I remember specifically someone that was there was dating this guy and he came and he tried to do, to pass off dead milkmen, uh, 
uh, as guilty bitchin pleasure. Camaro as a guilty pleasure song. You suck. And I told him that that was not even a thing. Can I define guilty pleasure yeah. for you, let sir? Me, let me see if you can. Because Sarah how this said works. Michael Bolton. Sarah so said Michael Bolton. Take it from there. Yes. Anyway. So, so yeah. The bar is look set out for that. <laughs> I'm sure it gets guiltier than that. No, I'm sure we'll have some Nickelback people out there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Creed and all that. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. I know, I know. Shudder. Shudder. I know. How dare you make me think of a Creed song? <laughs> I just was going to say. Oh. Yeah. Now, oh, man. I now know. I, I opened up Pandora's box That's over right. here. All I'm going to do is think of, uh, there was, um, who was it? Who show? Dennis Miller used to have a show on HBO. Yeah. And Dave Grohl was on there one time. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about music. And I don't know how it came up, but they talked about Creed. And Dave Grohl did this hilarious uh, Scott Stapp impression, making fun of the way he per- enunciates everything. And he's like, enunciate yes. the way I please. <laughs> it is amazing. You look it up. It's on YouTube. I find it all the time just for fun sometimes. <laughs> it is outstanding. So, I all right, no enough of that. So uh, look for that on Facebook. Hit us up. Tell us all the things that we said that were wrong that we forgot <laughs> that we missed because we miss a lot. Because We know, do. We are a real human show. People just like you. This we got stuff true. to do. Sarah's got to go to a party. I do. Hey, I hey. do. All right. I got to go party. I'm super hungry right now. I'm do not going to lie. All right. I'm going to get this podcast put on the internets. For Woo! All, the peoples. all right. We'll see you next time. We'll see you uh, if we get less June. Bye, June. Yeah. Bye, June. <laughs> see you.